Welcome back to Are You a Fan, where we explore individual characters from your favorite sci-fi, action, and fantasy genres. A big thank you to Moonbound Productions for supporting today's episode. If you would like to express your support, please like and share the show. Here's your hosts, Dick Rail and Joker. So, Joker, question for you. If you... Like, what is your most stupid fear? I mean, honestly, my only major fear... Besides, you know, the jump scare thing that pretty much everybody has with, like, insects and stuff. Yeah. It's kind of the fear of falling. Like, I don't, like, I don't innately have the fear of heights, but I have the fear of falling from heights. I mean, I feel like that's more, like, evolutionary. I feel like that's not as irrational, like... Well, no, but, like, I don't really have any other major fears. Like, I'm not really afraid of the dark or the water or anything like that. It's just, I'm afraid of falling. Okay, I guess my mine just doesn't doesn't sound as great, but uh, I'm scared of grasshoppers, mostly locusts because they don't technically exist in the genome. I was hoping that was gonna come up. <laughs> they were literally one of the plagues that fought that brought down Egypt. I knew it was either that or your fear of murky water. That one too, but that one at least is understandable. I, I feel like that's kind of like the fear of the dark, where it's less of the dark you're afraid of, but what's in it, and that's entirely what it is. And people are like, you live in Colorado. I'm like, there have been several times a caiman has been released into our lakes and has not been found. Right. <laughs> it's a valid fear. Anyway, that brings <laughs> us into our subject for this week. Scarecrow. One of the rogues of Batman. Okay, so let's get started down this uh, little rabbit hole. Scarecrow, also known as Dr. Jonathan Crane, is a fictional supervillain appearing in American comic books published by DC Comics. Created by Bill Finger and Bob Kane, he made his debut in World's Finest Comics issue number three in September 1941. Oh, man. Yeah. Old character. Yeah, remember how old Batman is. True, yeah, and this I mean, is... He is definitely up there as one of the oldest comics we have. True, and uh, this is one of his original villains. That... One, one of the few that have really stuck around through the ages. True, yeah. Uh, yeah, this, is, this guy ain't no polka dot, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, I have to kind of wonder if uh, Bob Kane had anything to do with the guy's uh, fictional name being Jonathan Crane. There, it is a little, yeah, there's a little bit of similarity there. Never thought about that. I wonder if they look alike. That's a good question. <laughs> okay, uh, what do we got here? So during the golden age of comics, uh, he would actually only make two appearances. So even though he started way back when, he didn't really appear all that often. I mean, yeah, two for a character that only made two appearances, it's kind of shocking he didn't go the way of like some of the other like theme villains. Right, where it was just a, hey, we're here and now we're done. Yeah, we're just we're just throwing whatever sticks to the wall, forget it. And especially considering only two appearances in the Golden Age, most characters aren't really given a second chance after that. Yeah, no. If you didn't make it in the Golden Age, you didn't make it past. Yeah, like, and you know, some people might bring up certain characters. It's like, if the character appears in an age and continues on, that doesn't count. Yeah. Generally, if they only appear twice within that age, though, and they generally, it's not good news. The character was revived during the Silver Age of comic books by writer Gordon Fox and artist Sheldon Moldoff. So Gardner Fox. Oh, Gardner Fox. Okay. Huh. 
I, I guess I was thinking Gordon because of uh, Chief Gordon. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, that makes sense where your mind went with that. <laughs> so Garden Fox and artist Sheldon Moldoff in the pages of Batman issue number 189, February 1967. Here he would also keep his Golden Age origins, which is going to kind of come up later on. It For a character that's lasted so long and, be re, and has been revamped, I'm amazed that they kept, they didn't really change any of his origins. They just more expanded on them. I mean, I feel like he didn't have a lot at the beginning, so there wasn't much to change. True. So they're just like, well, let's not bother changing it. What little there is, let's just build on it. Yeah, I mean, you might as well. And he had plenty of opportunity to. Oh, easily. Uh, It would also be in Batman issue 189 that Scarecrow's signature fear toxin would be created. This fear toxin is a, a hallucinogenic chemical that causes people to have visions of their worst nightmares. Yeah. And which, you know, at this point in comics, everybody knows his fear toxin. That's his trope. Yeah. That is what he is best known for in any appearance. It, it always shows up with him. Very true. The fear toxin is ultimately his biggest trademark and kind of what makes the Scarecrow Scarecrow. Yep. The character remained relevant unchanged through the Bronze Age of comic books, which you know, was expected. Following 1986, multi-title event Crisis on Infinite Earths reboot, the character's origin story is expanded in Batman Annual issue number 19 and the miniseries Batman slash Scarecrow year one. With this narrative also revealing that Crane has a fear of bats. Which is ironic. I know, right? <laughs> Since, you know, his main good guy is Batman. Might explain why he hates him so much. Right. But it also is kind of cool knowing that, that they kind of stuck with that when they made the Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah. And they played that in the first movie. Oh my God, I never really, yeah. I didn't think about that until I was reading your notes and I saw that. I was like, I feel like there was a connection there that somebody made. A little bit, yeah. There's also been other, like I've seen other versions where like when Batman, every time Batman's ever reversed the fear toxin on him or something like that, like it's always heavy emphasis on the bats. Which, I mean, without knowing that he had an actual fear of bats, you could attest that to being he faces Batman. True. Which I think is where most people take that. But still kind of a nice little Easter egg to find out. Oh, yeah. Like, there's actual, like, more merit than just it it being Batman. Yep. Which, you know, that's kind of cool. Also, you know, the Crisis on Infinite Earths, not going to lie, that reset a lot of characters. It reset pretty much everybody at some point. Yeah. And some of them, I'd I'd say this one is actually the one who got reset the least in this. And uh, Probably. Well, well, let's go into it. Let's see what his in-universe has to offer us. More of an interesting thing. Uh, elements of the Scarecrow fear gas appear in Batman publication prior to his first appearance. For instance, the idea of fear gas first appears in Detective Comics issue number 46 in December 1940. Oh, wow. Yeah. So quite a bit, about a year before he was created in a story free featuring Hugo Strange in which Strange uses a special fear dust in order to scare the police and successfully rob a bank. Hmm. That's kind of cool. That's kind of interesting that they took something that was already kind of introduced, and they're like, no, we're going to give this to a character specifically. Which kind of makes sense. Uh, 
I don't know a lot about Hugo Strange, but if I remember correctly, yeah, the, the, the fear gas doesn't make sense for his character. Scarecrow definitely used it way better. Oh, yeah. Uh, in stories by Jeff Loeb. Loeb? Loeb? I don't know how to pronounce that. Um, Let's go with Loeb. Yeah, we're going to go with Jeff Loeb. Uh, and Tim Sale, the Scarecrow is depicted as one of the more deranged criminals in Batman's rogues gallery. With a habit of speaking in nursery rhymes, these stories further revise his history, explaining that he was raised by an abusive, fanatically religious great-grandmother whom he would later murder as a teenager. Dang! <laughs> I uh, mean... Definitely seems to be a trend in some of the villains we've talked about being raised by fanatically religious grandparents. Yeah, and then them turning on them and murdering them. Uh, I mean, that unfortunately, that that's just a stereotype of, hey, we got to have you kill someone to be a villain. So True. So why not your abusive parent? Yep. Which, you know, I feel like that's, that could be twisted into a, into a character's arc to be a good guy one of these days. Like, are we saying abusive parents are good or bad here? Good question. <laughs> I'm, the message is getting mixed up to me. Uh, <laughs> Maybe it's a good thing. I'm not ready to be a parent. <laughs> yeah, no. Okay, so Jonathan Crane is bullied at school for his resemblance to Ichabod Crane, sparking his lifelong obsession with beer and using it as a weapon against others. In his senior year, Crane is humiliated by school bully Bo Griggs. Really, Bo Griggs, you're going to be making fun of people's names? Right. And rejected by cheerleader Sherry Squeers. I think that's supposed to be Squires. Squires? Which, I mean, that's not any better. Holy cow, these two are making fun of people's names? Right. Uh, but yeah, no, who who are these two to make fun of somebody's name? <laughs> right. So, kind of to go on that whole, his lifelong obsession with fear, it's very similar. Like, I've seen a lot in recent TV shows where it's along the lines of, if I can conquer fear, or if I don't have fear anymore, it can't control me. Yeah. So that's kind of where his whole obsession with it came in, is he didn't want to be afraid of anything anymore. And I get that. That's, um, well, it's similar to the whole, like, I mean, dialogue in Bat, in um, the Batman. Yeah. The Batman begins in that, like, the whole, like, I will make um, my, like, I fear bats, I'm going to make my enemies fear the thing I fear. Yeah. So I kind of get his like logic with it. It does make sense. Also, it gives him, I feel like it would give him a modicum of like control over it. Exactly. It definitely has that. I don't know where I was going with that. Like OCD control type. Yeah. Like if I'm in, if I'm making other people fear it, then I control it. Therefore I shouldn't be afraid of it. Exactly. But you know, kudos. During the senior prom, Crane would take his revenge, donning his trademark scarecrow costume and brandishing a gun in the school parking lot. In the ensuing chaos, Griggs Griggs gets into a car accident, paralyzing himself and killing Squires. Oh, (laughs) I mean, it's just it's really hard for me to feel bad for any bully in a in a story. Yeah, I I can't feel bad for him. Yeah, sure that is devastating but you know you bullied people unfortunately that's kind of what happened i mean you push a person to a breaking point also he did not shoot you guys you kind you kind of did it to yourself at the, at one point like i'm not blaming the victim here 
But I kind of am. Yeah, you, you really are. But I mean, in this you're case... In a, you're in a roundabout way blaming the victim. But arguably, in this scenario, no matter who I blame, I'm blaming a victim. So mm. I, I feel I feel like that's a wash. Oh, yeah. I feel like we, I, get a, I get a pass on this one. Crane's obsession with fear would lead to him becoming a psychologist at Arkham Asylum and performing fear-inducing experiments on his patients. He would later also become a professor of psychology at Gotham University, specializing in the study of phobias. Which, you know, given his whole thing, kind of makes sense track record. Yep. Like, that's kind of easily trackable. And, uh, yeah, for those of you who listened to our Black Manta thing and were wondering about the cruel experiments done on um, Black Manta at Arkham Asylum just as an autistic child, just know they hired this dude and they're like, yeah, do whatever. I mean... You got Crane in there. Hugo Strange is usually attributed to being one of the main head scientist yep. people of Arkham. True. And he is not a, a good person either. No. Like, Arkham, for what Arkham is supposed to be, they have some horrible people running it. I feel like if Batman really wanted to make some changes in that, like, just doing a good investigation of the Arkham Asylum, like, staff? faculty, yeah, staff... <laughs> Would could solve a lot of problems. Oh, it in, really would. Because you know, you get rid of people in charge of it, like Strange, Crane. Like Crane. you'd have so many less issues. Oh yeah, <laughs> and that's just name. Just those two. I'm sure there's so many more people involved. I mean, what, wasn't Amanda Waller involved in that place at one point? Ah, uh, kind of <laughs> in that. That one gets uh, kind of back and forth. She was more involved with the Supermax prisons, but she at one point did send a crew to. Arkham to kill a person because he figured out how to neutralize her brain bomb. Yeah, so she's no better. Yeah. <laughs> They've got some bad people there. You really do. Uh, later on, he would lose his job as a professor after firing a gun in a packed class and accidentally injuring a student. He would become a career criminal after this, uh, taking his revenge and killing the professors responsible for his termination. So I just... I just feel like that was all his fault. Like... Oh, it was. I mean, why one? Why why would you have a loaded gun? Yeah. Like I understand your whole thing is you're there doing studies on phobias, but why? But yeah, yeah, it's one of those. You know, they sell blanks, right? Or you know, don't even put a round in the gun. Just or, have an empty gun. Or shit, dude, just get one of those. Uh, you remember the pop caps? <laughs> get a pop cap gun. Pow, pow, pow. Those things are louder than you might think. Yeah, but you know, better than a real gun going in that classroom. <laughs> I mean, would have had the same effect, I feel. Just, you know, once a shot a student. I, mean, I feel like somewhere in this point he was losing some of his mind, so he wasn't quite all there when he took the gun with him. I could see that as a professor. I just, I feel like he's well, so passionate. Not just being the professor, but at this point, you know, he's still working at Arkham. True. I feel which, like somewhere along the line, it was starting to overlap with each other. And kind of, that actually does track because there are real studies done where um, at a certain point, like the people working with insane asylum patients will like start to mm. act. Yeah. We have the greatest example of that in Harley Quinn. Yeah, Harley Quinn, uh, also one who flew over Cuckoo's Nest, was a huge, was actually a huge uh, case study for a lot of psychologists. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, like that, it makes sense he's starting to kind of lose it. Yeah. And I feel like the I want to imagine him bringing the gun in. It was one of those classic, like, professors, like, how do I get these students to listen? How do I reach these kids? 
I am Hispanic, by the way. But yeah, like I feel like it was like a how do I reach these kids? Like they're none of them care. So he just brings a gun. And just stupidly shoots it off. Yep. I mean, like you said, at this point he's working with Insane Grill. He's not all there. Yeah, and I really do. I feel like that was bleeding over into his normal job. Oh, I fully believe that. That's a all right. That's solid. Okay, um, this is where he would take on the name Scarecrow. Uh, another common taunt his bullies would use on him. Man, if we had less bullies. I feel like we'd have a lot less serial killers. We'd have less serial killers. A handful less shootings. We'd have a lot less issues in the world if we didn't have as many bullies. Yeah. You know, schools actually did something about them. Right. Instead of uh, when, instead of when the instead kid finally. Just, instead of just saying, hey, we have a no zero, or we have a zero tolerance policy. Do you though? Yeah. No, I don't think you do. I don't, I don't think you understand the words you're saying. Right. Moving on here. Uh, Batman year one explains that Crane was born out of wedlock. And father left before he, he was born. His mother never showed him any affection, and his grandmother would abuse him by locking him in an old church with birds where he would gain an appreciation for crows. It's also revealed he killed his grandmother in, in this story. Like, we already talked about that, but, like, this is where it gets revealed. Yep. Which, yeah, no, I, I'd, I'd, kill, I'd kill her after that, too. <laughs> I'm pretty sure most people probably would at that point. Yeah. To be honest. That's a pretty dark one. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> Father leaving. I got some jokes I could say, but That's I'm trying bad. to keep our monetization. I'm trying to make sure we stay monetized if we ever get it. <laughs> okay. Uh, take lead. So now we're kind of moving into his early time as Scarecrow, specifically as the supervillain. Um, he would first begin his reign of terror not long after Dick Grayson would become the first Robin and would be the first supervillain of the young Grayson that he would end up fighting. Huh. That's kind of... I mean, it makes sense, if he, especially if he was right. in the Golden Age of comics. Because I want to say Dick Grayson was in the Golden Age. I don't remember where, when Robin first really became a thing. But I, I know I, that was a lot of an issue on its own. <laughs> But I, I could, it makes sense, though, that he'd oh, be yeah. his first villain. Uh, his criminal career would begin with, it, uh, with him first pretending to help the GCPD solve the newly emerging fear toxin outbreaks, only to soon be figured out by Batman and Robin. Which would lead on to some long, prolonged chase and case by the Cape Crusaders and... It ended up being a longer story, but that was the gist of it. Uh, I mean, it sounds like one of those stories where most of the length of it would have probably just been a cat and mouse game and no, yeah. no real substance. You know, the, the typical Batman stories. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, he would also participate in the war of jokes and riddles between Joker and the Riddler. Crane would fight in the army on the side of the Riddler, only to end up captured along with the army by Batman when they are about to make their final push on Joker's location. Like, like Riddler, you need to stay in your lane, man. Like, <laughs> I don't I, know. It sounds like at that point he was actually doing pretty good. Which is surprising because Joker's not one to mess with, really. But I'm Honestly, impressed. Honestly, most of Batman's rogues gallery, none of them are to mess with. True. Even the Riddler on his own rights. I feel like the Riddler, though, getting uh, getting Scarecrow on his side, major boost. Oh, yeah. That probably helped a lot. Because <laughs> I feel like Scarecrow's one of the few villains who 
could probably compete with Joker. Yeah. That so I imagine him and Riddler working together. Boom. So yeah, no, good point. Okay, uh, we got a fun fact here. Crane undergoes a major change in the 2004 Batman story arc as the crow flies. While working with the penguin, he is mutated into a monster. He turns into a scare beast during times of great strain or when it is necessary to defend himself. There wasn't a lot elaborated on that one. And from the sounds of it, it's kind of the whole, it's a defense mechanism. Yeah. It's just more of like, I kind of looked forward, like, I kind of read further. I'm like, so we're not, we're not going to explain how this stopped being a thing? Okay, I I think we would have had to actually do some research into that story arc specifically. Probably. not just going off of what they posted in the wikis or DC's wiki. True. And that's kind of why I came to, I'm like, ah, it's one of those disappointments I can't buy it that I don't have the money to just buy the comics. Right. I'm like, that actually sounds interesting. Kind of does. Okay, uh, so I want to get into his abilities and weapons and stuff. All right. Okay. So let's go abilities first. Genius in biochemistry and psychology and mechanical engineering. Which, you know, that kind of makes sense given his degrees. and Yeah, I ended up actually finding the mechanical engineering in a separate place from where the other stuff was. And talked about some machine he had built can't help with his power or with his fear toxin okay yeah to help spread it and stuff i was looking at that i'm like i don't remember putting that in there you didn't okay huh i make sense if he's building machines for his stuff exactly so i was like you have to have some kind of mechanical brains for that true uh, also master <laughs> he is a martial art master of the crane style yeah the irony of Jonathan Crane mastering the Crane style. I think I even saw it a few times, like a few places that mention it. They're just like, he did it exactly for the reason you think he did it. Yeah, I can't blame him. I would too. Right? Well, I mean, with a name like that, it's just kind of perfect setup. Right. Like, I'm a little jealous. I have no, there's no real martial arts style for my uh, name. That's kind of like me being an Irishman doing the drunk master style. Oh my God, (laughs) yes. Uh, he also has an arsenal of fear gas and other fear-based weapons, which, you know, makes sense given his whole thing. And he's uh, tox- toxin immunity. Has shown immunity to both his own fear toxin and the Joker's Joker venom. Which, I mean, at least we finally have someone that was smart enough that managed to get an immunity to his own stuff. True. Because everybody else, they're like, they're not really immune to it. They're just yeah. less susceptible to it. It's like, at least this one finally figured it out. Yeah, true. Which, I mean, about God, about dang time. <laughs> okay, so I'll let you take the weapons. So, under weapons, obviously, we have the fear toxin, which, again, that's his main thing everybody knows about. Oh, yeah. Um, he has used venom, both, and has extens- extensively experimented uh, with Bane's signature drug, both with and without Bane's permission, which that alone is stupid. Yeah. I think if you got his permission, uh, I think you should just ask every time from there on out. Just I, mean, I know you don't fear things anymore, Crane, but <laughs> clearly little... that's a problem. <laughs> Irrational fear is bad, but not having a fear at all could also be bad. 
Because yep. Bane doesn't care if you're afraid of him. He's going to break I mean, your this back. This is the guy who bro- bro- broke Batman's back. And Killer Croc's arms. So, I mean, do you really think it was a good idea to use his toxin without him knowing? <laughs> Damn, we got to find that comic. That, that, does, right. that probably does not end well for him. Not likely. Um, he would also use a scythe. You know, kind of goes with the whole scarecrow thing. Makes sense. Um, he has a mind control device. And formerly had a yellow power ring, which for those who don't know, the yellow rings were fear. Yep. Uh, the yellow, yellow rings allowed you to uh, basically control fear, use it against your opponents. But you yourself, I think, have to have a mastery over fear to be able to use them without succumbing Most to the ring's power. If I remember the Sinestro stuff and that, that was what it was. And I know that... Along with all the Lantern cores have changed over the years. They really I mean, have. Come on. There's that whole running joke about the Green Lanterns and the number two pencil. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I'm sure God, there's yeah. definitely been some changes to the Sinestro core. Mm, more than likely. So we're going to go now into his media appearances. So in TV, he appears in the first season and also the first half of the fourth season of Gotham. Portrayed by Charlie Tahan. Uh, he is referenced in various shows set in the Arrowverse. From, I want to say he was in, there was a reference in Arrow. I know there's a reference in Supergirl. I didn't actually write down all of what it was in, which I probably should have now thinking about it. <laughs> I feel like he's a character that would be referenced, like, even if he never makes a full appearance, why, why not just make a bunch of references? Exactly. Um, and he's currently being portrayed by Vincent Carthizer in the third season of Titans, where he is kind of the main villain. It started out the season with him being kind of like the whole where he started out pretending to help the GCPD. Oh. He was doing the same thing here and helping Barbara Gordon as the new commissioner and the Titans, you know, capture, you know, do stuff, but would later find out that he was the mastermind helping Jason Todd being the Red Hood be the one that would actually cause the death of Jason Todd by the Joker. Oh wow. I don't remember I don't remember exactly how it worked into that, but so he's the one that led that to happen, like, you know, in the comics. Okay. Then he was the one that put him in the Lazarus pit, got him revived. Oh wow. He's the one who started the Red Hood down his path in the, the show. And they're kind of still working on that. Okay, they gave him a lot more. Yeah, they definitely put him behind that whole Red Hood background. Like, really put him behind it. Like, the whole shebang on that. Like, huh, okay, I'm cool. I, I, I still need to watch Titans and get into it. It's, it's definitely been an interesting season watching him kind of do stuff from the shadows most of the time up until about midway through. I imagine he he would be an interesting to watch, one to watch do all that, too. It definitely is, and okay. it's different. It's weird because compared to most iterations you see of Crane, he's not that real skinny guy. He's a little bit bigger and huskier. So really, it's really weird seeing something different. Huh. Not, not that it's a bad thing. Yeah, no. It's just... But when you're used to this dude, especially in the animated series, he's always this like stick. Yeah, I think there was like. One animated series where they kind of gave him a shoulder with. Yeah. But that was the animated series where they kind of just like, they looked at all the characters. They're like, so we're going to still keep doing the Batman animated series, but we're changing the artists. Yeah. 
But speaking of animation, he would also appear for the TV show wise in Batman the Animated Series, the new Batman Adventures, Justice League Unlimited, and then also in various other shows that were less DC animated series based. Okay. Um, Batman and Superman Hour, uh, Superpowers Team Galactic Guardians, Batman the Brave and the Bold, and the new Harley Quinn show. Ah, yeah. He actually has a decent part to play in the Harley Quinn show. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Watch the show. Um, okay. Well, so we also got film here. Uh, Cillian Murphy. Yeah. Got it. Portrays the only live-action film adaptation of the Scarecrow in the Dark Knight trilogy, with the largest role in Batman Begins, and has minor roles in both Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises. I mean, next to Rajal al Ghul, he was the main villain in the first one. Yeah. And yeah, he did have the small pieces in the others. I do kind of like... I, I, I like the actor who portrays him in those two. Oh, yeah. That's just uh, a solid actor. <laughs> and he definitely... The way they try to portray Crane in those, he definitely fit the face. Oh, yeah. Fit the face. He also had, he also fit the attitude yeah. of that guy who just, like... He knows he's smart, but he also... He knows his lane. Yeah. And that, like, he, he knows he can't take on the Batman full on. And that's... So, oh, yeah. He got help. Okay, and we got other films. Was intended to appear as one of the two villains alongside the Riddler in the 1995 Batman Forever film. But anybody who's seen that knows he was cut and replaced with Two-Face. I don't know how I feel about that now. I feel like for the time, that probably was a better choice. I guess, yeah. Because of the way they're doing those movies, especially the later Batman movies that weren't so great. They got a little wonky. Yeah, I feel like Scarecrow may not have been the best fit. Yeah, I guess. And I f- and the way they played with Two-Face and the Riddler in that movie, I feel like that was a really good duo. It, it, I mean, it was a solid duo. I'm not denying that. <laughs> it was just a bad movie. I think it would have just been interesting <laughs> to see somebody play like Scarecrow counter... Um, um, what's his Riddler? Uh, Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey's Riddler, which probably would have been great, but they would have had to have probably stuck with like uh, Tim Burton as the director. Oh, uh, okay, Say, yeah. That version of Batman, he would have been perfect. Actually, yeah, t- that that would have actually been really. But solid. when they got to the newer, more neony Batman stuff, yeah, a little less. <laughs> it, uh, it was rough. It was a rough time for the Bat. <laughs> Okay. Uh, so he was also set to appear in various canceled movies or get cut from other scripts, such as a version of Andrew Kevin Walker's Batman vs. Superman, Batman Unchained, and a concept art for Suicide Squad showed he was originally set to appear in the 2016 film. But from what they said, he was cut for an unknown reason. Not really disappointed in that one? Yeah, no. I uh, think it was better to keep him out of that one, too. Yeah, I'm really like, ah... I wanted a great film to begin with. I didn't need more iconic villains right. <laughs> destroyed. Um, well, these other ones sound interesting, though. Like Batman Unchained? Like, what is that about? I don't remember. I didn't really look into it a whole lot. It didn't sound like it went too far in its planning stages either. Uh, 
Kind of glad they didn't do Batman vs Superman back then. Just yeah. didn't have the CGI. Bad enough the first time they did it. Yeah, God, it was. <laughs> but speaking of, in the 2016 DCEU, DCEU film Batman vs Superman: Dawn of Justice, it's believed the line after Batman makes Superman inhale the kryptonite gas, saying, "Breathe in." That is called fear. Is a reference to Scarecrow. There's no proof of this. Oh, but okay. it makes sense. It does. It's one of those fan theories that that has a lot of merit to it. <laughs> I could see that. And actually, think about why wouldn't he mix some fear gas in there? I mean, it is Batman. He he, he does some messed up stuff. That's kind of why I'm shocked. I'm, I'm like, I'm like I, I know, can totally though. see him. At the same time, I don't know if I'd want to give Superman any kind of fear toxin. True. Because if that don't need him, if don't, the kryptonite wears off. Don't need him wiling out in the city. Yeah, no. Okay, actually, yeah, you're right. That's why Batman is the smart one, <laughs> right? I guess that's why he's in charge, and I'm not. As the city just burns behind me. I'm like, whew, that did not go as planned. Okay, so he also got his animation. My God, he has a long, he has a long media list. He really does. It's very similar, like you and me talked off earlier. It's very similar to the way Venom was with Spider Man. Yeah, the, he's not quite. A, I feel like Joker would definitely beat him out in this, but being one of the big ones in his gallery, he appears in most of Batman stuff at some point or another. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> he. Yeah, Joker would beat him out, but yeah, dang, he is definitely a close second. Okay, so let's start with the animation. Has 12 animated film appearances, such as Batman, Assault on Arkham, uh, Lego DC Comics Superheroes, Justice League, uh, Gotham City, Breakout. My (laughs) God, that was a long title. (laughs) It's kind of like the one we had in the last episode where it was one of those long titles where I'm like, I got to click on that and make sure that's the whole title. Dude, I was starting to falter halfway through that because I'm like, there's no way this title could be that long. Yes, yes, it can. Ooh. God. Okay, continuing on. Uh, the Lego Batman movie, Scooby-Doo and Batman, The Brave and the Bold, Batman versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Ooh, I still need to see that. Right. Batman, Hush, and Batman. That's a good one. The... Uh, Oh, wait. Okay. Batman, Hush, and Batman, The Long Halloween. As in, ironically, it fits that he was in Hush, because apparently the man who became Hush was at one point one of his... He was a mentor, too. At one point. It was one of those I didn't know where in the line it was really in his history, so I didn't put it in there, but I did run across that. Okay. Doing my side of the research. I do know when they did do Batman Hush, uh, the animated movie, the first one, I was not... It was a nice twist, but I wasn't thrilled with it because it definitely it, it it played on those of us who know the comics. It yeah. played, it really messed with us, and that. And I think it was a cheap move. Anyway, moving on. He is mentioned in the films Justice League Doom and Justice League Throne of Atlantis. Okay, just mentions, but you know, like yeah. we said, this guy he gets his name out there. He doesn't. Like most villains, they have a mention here or there in some films. Which is always nice. I like those Easter eggs. Right. Uh, video games. I'll let you take so, Definitely a condensed one because he appears in all the DC Lego games. Oh, so there's, okay. 
the three of the three main ones, the super villain. I think there was a fourth or a fifth or whatever, but there was a lot of them. Holy cow! Um, he appear, he appears in. I don't remember if it was all of them or pretty much all of them, but he appears in the Batman Arkham game series. I mean, similar to the way he is in the current uh, season of Titans, he is kind of the main villain of Arkham Knight. Yeah. Next to Arkham Knight. And very similar to what they did in uh, Batman Begins, you know, he lays down a fear toxin over the whole city. Okay. Dang. So he was kind of a beast in that one. Dang, yeah, no, I, I, oh yeah, I remember playing that one, yeah, he is a, whew, he, he really makes you work for that win. Oh yeah, um, he does make an appearance in the background of Injustice Gods Among Us, and as a playable character in Injustice 2. Yeah. And the first one is similar to um, Black Manta, where he more is in the background of the arena changes. Yep, I remember, because um, he's actually in like the, one of the Arkham maps and that yep. he runs out and fear toxins you yep that one is if you push your opponent through one of the doors yep yeah you kick him in you kick him through it then the scarecrow comes out and gasses you which oh my god i also just a fun fact for some of the fans out there especially since it's halloween in uh injustice 2 he is actually voiced by the same actor who voices uh the original freddy krueger nice right <laughs> kind of a perfect like like a little nod, I yeah. think. <laughs> um, so he would also have various other appearances, such as the Super Nintendo game, The Adventures of Batman and Robin, the Batman Begins game offshoot, a boss in the Nintendo DS Batman Brave and the Bold, and an arcade Batman game. Huh. Where what little I read on that, I guess he was he launched like a uh, hot air balloons. I didn't actually read a whole lot into it. I just I had to figure out what when it, all it said was Batman, I'm like, okay, what game is this? <laughs> you got to be a lot more specific. Ah, uh, yeah. And some yeah. of those old games, you know, yeah, well, you like don't a, expect much. Yeah, it was like an arcade race driving game where you drove the Batmobile. Oh, my God. I remember that one. That is actually a really fun game. Yeah, that was the end of his. I guess that was probably one of his earlier game appearances. <laughs> that and the Super Nintendo. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, no, that, I mean, been around for a long time. Uh, definitely a long media history. What do you think, Joker? I, I definitely like him. I always did enjoy the whole concept of messing with a person's fear to kind of win over them. Same and, here. And that and just having the ability to control fear is kind of cool. Right? I always did, I always enjoyed him as a character. He just, um... He's a solid counter to the hero who is also about fear. Right. He's like, a, that's like sol solid, decent counter. Yep. And honestly, I'm a fan. What about you? For anyone that's still listening, if you got something out of this, enjoyed the episode, or even liked the character before from a movie, comic, cartoon, hell, even that t-shirt that you saw one time, you're a fan too. If you want to jump on this train, why not subscribe and share with a friend? Dick Rail out. Y'all keep riding them rails.